Please, ladies and gents, <laughs> nothing like a great soundtrack on a Friday right before James and I take a break. Another episode yeah, yeah. of The Business Run brought to you by Pipeline Insurance, and we're going to get started. Oh, yeah. Look, sometimes you just wonder, is it too late to get something started that I started way back when? Oh, It ain't ever nice. too late. And today's guest is going to tell us all about that. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Do me a favor, dude. It's Friday. Can you drop some heat? Let's do it. All right. All you business pros out there, before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, drop a review, help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on and learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time, and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today is the daughter of a comedian and a singer, two people whose lives in show and on stage spilled over into their children's upbringings, so it's no surprise that our guest wound up an actress and an author. Despite her love for acting, it was the written word that called to our guest, but after spending decades submitting her manuscripts and to, to publishing houses to no avail, our guest redefined her ambitions and fulfilled her lifelong dream of becoming... No, not an actress, an attorney. But to say that the spirit of creativity runs strong and free in our guest and her family is definitely putting it mildly, but it wasn't always an easy path. Tune in today to hear how our guest story of perseverance, how she fought through disappointment, but how she ultimately found success as a published author. Author, Joining us today is the author of Back to One. Welcome to the show, Antonia Gabrielle. Thank you. How do you like that introduction? What do, what, I what do you love think? that introduction. That was perfect. Perfect introduction. <laughs> hey, I welcome, think welcome. I think that introduce, uh, introduction needs some theme music. What do you think? Let's yes, do it. Hit definitely. it. <laughs> I think Tombstone agrees with you, dude. I think I think Tombstone <laughs> agreed with you. There you go. Right on, right on. Antonio, right on, welcome right to the on. show. Thank you so Thank much for you. hanging out with us. Appreciate it. This is great. I, I I really enjoy this. So thank you very much for inviting me. Well, it's all about you know when I when I was reading your bio and James was writing was was uh, was saying all these things about where you came from, um, you know, and and what your book uh, presents. A lot of it has to do with relationships, and that's one of the things that James and I really pride ourselves in is that you know we've been interviewing so many people, we've been able to build a lot of relationships. Yes. Yet. What your book kind of describes was more than just a relationship. It's a deep-rooted friendship. Yes, you, an unlikely one at that. Yeah, yeah, can you tell me a little bit about what the difference is and how, how, you're, how is it that we make more of an emotional connection with those friendships than some of these relationships? 
Well, actually, um, what's, what's very interesting about the book is it, it is a story of two people who should never have met and become the deepest and, and truest of friends. And that's what's lacking in their life. I, I think we all need that one really good friend who's there to support us and um, you know, through good times and bad, they're, they're there for us always. And so you have Catherine who is, or Kate, as I call her, who is this married housewife with, with a small child who lives in Alabama, who befriends a, a major movie star in Hollywood who's a single man. And uh, he has a tabloid reputation, which is, you know, has a little bit of scandal attached mm -hmm. to that. Yes. But they are true friends. They, are, they, they have this deep and abiding friendship. The friendship supersedes everything else in their life. Um, and because of that, that love for this friendship, and uh, they, they respect the boundaries that they've put up to protect the, the friendship. Oh. Before we get into the deepness of these relationships, I really want to know more about, you know, what what makes someone put that relationship before all others, right? And it's a friendship. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're married or anything. This is this no, is not a, a platonic relationship, right? Yes, right. So uh, before we jump into that, tell me about when you actually started writing this and, and how, you know, you got inspired to do this. Well, I, I was living in a in Montgomery, Alabama at the time. And I um, had a, a two-year-old, going on three years old, uh, son. And I would come home from work and, you know, settle him in, you know, it's time to go to bed, settle him into bed. And then I would sit in front of my brand new 1994 computer and I would type from 10 o'clock at night till three o'clock in the morning for about a year. And the book was created in that year. Then I spent the next 25 years uh, trying to get it published by a, a real publisher, by a publishing house. And mm. that was the struggle. Be part, part of the reason that that's a struggle, by the way, is you're not really submitting the manuscript. You're submitting the idea. Mm. Uh, they have to request the manuscript. So it was the idea that didn't appeal to, I, I'm assuming, to these publishing houses, but no one actually saw the manuscript, which was so frustrating to me because I knew it was a good manuscript. And then came the, the summer of COVID last year, my son, who is now in his late 20s, uh, comes home um, because he lives in New York and he didn't really want to hang out in New York during all of that, that downtime <laughs> that for the pandemic. Yeah. So he came home and um, he, he basically said to me, mom, you know, I really don't want to sit and just watch marathon TV with you for the next couple months. So what did you ever do with your manuscript? Because he had read it a couple of times. Mm. And I said, it's currently sitting under my bed. Yeah, and he said, well, why, be. don't you, why don't you pull it out and update it? Because it was set in 1995 and we needed to update it at least 10 years to something a little bit more modern than that. So I did update it. And in the process of updating the book, a second book came into being. I mm. wanted to continue the journey of Kate and Kyle uh, and their friendship. So the second book was written. And then a very serendipitous uh, event occurred with my bumping into someone who happened to know the, um, the publishing house, Hidden Shelf pu uh, Publishing House. 
and had a contact and made the connection for me. And after 25 years, my book is published. My publisher loves my two main characters. He says, I want to continue this as a series of books. And I have just completed my fourth book. Ooh, yes. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, so it's persistence. You said that in the beginning. It's a matter of persistence. You know, you need to keep on that journey and don't, don't let time or circumstances deflate you from what you want to do. I think the audience agrees with you. Yes. Okay, so it took 25 years for this book to come to life. And, yes. and I mean, to, to get wheels anyways, to get, to, to get some spunk. Um, I want to kind of go back to that, that relationship question. Yes. Is there someone in your life, was there a relationship that you had that was an inspiration to your characters or was it something that you aspired to have? It was aspired to have, definitely. Um, obviously, you write what you know, and I know me. So <laughs> Kate is very much True. like me, very much like me. Um, I would say she's the best of me. Uh, but I don't know a Kyle, and I wish I did. And so it was something I did aspire. And I know it's out there. And I know that there are, I, I, I know people who have these kind of friendships. Um, and, and, and the problem with it is the world doesn't look at it as if it's a wonderful, deep abiding platonic relationship. They always think there's something more. They always think, oh, no, you can't just be friends. You can't mm. just be friends. And that's not true because the best friendships or any relationship, let me put it this way. Any relationship always begins with friendship. That's true. Right? So if it's a romance, you still have to have that friendship to begin that romantic relationship. And if it's a long-term romantic relationship, ultimately when that, that spark um, kind of dies out or diminishes a bit, it's the friendship that's the important part of that relationship. So it's always the friendship. It's the friendship we have with our children. It's, um, as I've said, this is not a romance, but it is a love story. And there is a difference because we have love stories every day of our life. From the moment we're born, we have a love story with our family. It's a different type of love story, but we have these love stories and friendship can be the most remarkable love story of all. And it certainly is for Kate and Kyle and back to one. You said that they didn't give up on each other, right? Like that, that they put their relationship before everything yes. else. Definitely. Uh, how would you, what would you say if I said, well, it sounds like that's the relationship you had with your book. Like it, it didn't yes. quite go away. Right. The book is kind of like your Kyle. Like, yes, oh, I forget, right. Oh, I, mean, yes. I mean, that's what it kind of it's sounds true. like. like you, you, it's 25 years. If that thing sat under your bed for 25 years and you didn't give up on it. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a pretty deep relationship you have with that story. Yes. And with those two individuals, I mean, I, I love Kate and Kyle. I, I, and, and the people who have read the book, they love Kate and Kyle. They, they think to themselves, and I've heard this over and over again, they're like my best friends. They've become my best friends. Hmm. So it, they're, hopefully it's very relatable um, and it's developed that relationship with the characters in the book with, with my readers. Well, let's talk about that 25 years. Um, mm -hmm. What was it like uh, in, in, in the 90s trying to go 
to these publishing houses and constantly getting rejected, constantly being told, this is not worth our time. This is something that won't make any money. No, we don't want your book. Over and over and over again, hearing that, um, what, what did that do to you? Well, for me, and I think this is the benefit of having entertainer parents, um, it just made me more determined. Mm. It's like I knew it was a good book. I just had to find the right person to see it from my point of view, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, um, or at least look at it with fresh eyes. Um, and as I said, no one actually read the manuscript. They only It was only the idea. And when you think about it, the idea of all oh, these two people, it's a platonic relationship. They're just friends. It's like that, that is kind of a, mm, it, it, you know, a, a real basic idea. But it's so much more when you see what they go through, how they are there to support each other through hard times, um, you know, and and. One of the wonderful parts about it is they also teach each other. Kyle is a flawed but very genuine man, and Kate helps him with those flaws. And he does the same for her because she's a flawed individual as well. So what's really wonderful about it is, and here's an example, um, he's very focused on his career. He has a son from his previous marriage. He doesn't spend enough time with his son. He wants to be a good father. He doesn't really know how to be a good father. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have the model to do that. Watching Kate, watching her be a good mother, he does have it. And that's how he learns how to be a good father is watching her being a good mother. Um, so it's just those little things. But those little things are very relatable to most people. Well, yeah, those little things are, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm thinking about this uh almost through through James, my, my producer's, uh, my brother's eyes, because, you know, he, his lifestyle is very different from uh, from your traditional patriarch monogamous relationships, right? We love platonic relationships. That's what platonic I'm love. Was platonic love. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I got you. I got you. No, it's, it's really um, interesting. So I am polyamorous. And so like, uh, folks in my realm, I guess, uh, uh, that, that we, we have a lot, you know, basically what we say is like love takes many forms. And so the idea of a platonic life partnership, actually the very last guests that I had on my show before I ended my season, uh, that, that was their story. They have a platonic life partnership. <laughs> and so as you're talking about it, I'm like, so I wonder what Kate and um, Kyle, Kyle, thank you, Kate and Kyle, like, what's it like when they start dating other people? Like, what's their relationship like when they're when they're dating other people? That's interesting, because when you think about it, um, especially for Kyle, more than with Kate, because her husband actually understands the relationship fairly well. He's he's pretty mm -hmm. open. He, he's he's very understanding husband. Um, but his relationships they're very suspicious those women are really quite suspicious of his friendship with kate um so it yes <laughs> <It's kind of laughs> so there's, so, so there's definitely some of that 
Yeah, be tough for me. I'm, I'm speaking from the husband side. I think that'd be a, a very tough conversation to be like, uh, you're going to your celebrity friend's house. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but, wait, okay, wait, wait okay. you're going to Brad Pitt's house and, and you're just going to chill? Like, this is, just, this is just your friend? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Like, really? yeah, I don't know. Do you see the line of girls coming out the door after this movie? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it, I mean, th- those are the challenges that they have to face, though, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And 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 there's other challenges too. A lot of there's family issues, there's career issues. Um, all of those come up in the book. As I said, it's a four year journey for them, approximately four years. Uh, so you have a lot of things that, that go on in that four year period. So what kind of what kind of uh... Share like a, a little bit of an excerpt. Share, share with me a little bit of like what's some of the juicy drama that ends up happening, uh, and then well, uh, kind of leave me cliffhanger. Well, at the well end. you read the excerpt no, in, in the media yes. package, didn't you? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, it's better uh, when it comes from the author. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to share that part. That's why I was saying that. I was going to share that part. They go to Aruba together as two couples she and her husband and and Kyle with his current girlfriend and Alex the husband is completely enamored with Kyle's girlfriend because she's you know a a centerfold model yeah of course yeah Yeah. so he's just like like a puppy dog following her around which leaves Kate all by herself. But Kate's okay with that because Kate is the kind of person who can make friends and have fun and go into karaoke and start singing her heart out and, you know, and, and, you know, and, and go to trivial pursuit and all that kind of stuff and just, and be around other people. So she's, she's very good at, at, at keeping herself amused. And, uh, but, but it disturbs Kyle that she's really on her own. So he tends to, actually watch over her without her knowing it watch over her during these times because he's a good friend and he's kind of concerned about her kind of being on her own so much that's just an example it sounds like they swapped well, <laughs> like they go know. to Aruba and they switch <laughs> i'm gonna spend time with my friend i'm gonna go chase your girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe not really, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let's get back to the business aspect of it because I'm, yeah. I'm I'm always curious. So, so you spent 25 years getting told no, getting told no. You kind yes. of uh, almost kind of gave up on it. You went into law of yes. all things, right? So yes, and I noticed that you said that you didn't think that that was real creative. But think about something: a good trial lawyer standing in front of a judge or standing in front of juries has got to be a great actor. Mm, that's actually true. Or at least be able to tell a story that persuades. Exactly. Exactly. So I, so law wasn't really that far out of realm for me. Um, it's just something that always fascinated me. And, it, and, and when I got to a point in my life, my son was in his teenage years and going off on his own, doing his things. I thought, you know what, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to put myself back to law school. And I went to a a law school that um, caters to working adults. Mm. So you work all day and then you go to school all night. And I mean, it's it's a hard way to go to law school, by the way, but it's a great way. 
and I passed the bar on my first attempt and then decided nice. not to not to actually practice law. I decided to become a law professor instead because I built my my actual career here in Alabama. I had built my career for about 10 or 15 years, believe it or not, I'm a tax professional. So um, yeah, and I had, and I Guilty. have this wonderful client base, wonderful client base. And I didn't want to just say, okay, well, I'm done yeah. with that. Now I'm gonna go start all over again and try to build a law practice. Instead, I decided to shape young minds and help them pass the bar. So I teach the bar review course. But I, I love that story because, you know, I was listening to a Jim Rohn quote today and he, you know, he basically said, don't spend your time getting better at work, spend your time making yourself better, right? Like if you yes. spend all your time trying to get better at your job, well, that's great for your job, but not for you. You literally went to work and then invested your time in yourself. Now, right. who's to judge whatever you want to do with that time? You could have, you know, created a whole law practice. You right. decided to be a professor. That's great. Point mm -hmm. is, you took the time to decide what you wanted and you went after it. So right. once you started doing that, what, you know, we said, we said you, you told me, I don't remember if you told me or if I read it, but uh, it was around COVID time when you decided to get back into this um into the the book deal right right well the, the book you, actually you said you said it was serendipitous yes but i like to believe that you were more prepared more connected for that opportunity to even come up what do you think about that challenge i don't know if, if it's luck i don't like it when people put in a lot of hard work and so many years into something and then say oh and then i got lucky uh. No, no. <laughs> you, you worked your ass off for a long time I and did. the opportunity opportunity presented itself. Exactly. And, and, and I agree with you 100%. It, some people think that things just happen all of a sudden. There's a lot of preparation before that spontaneous happen, happening all of a sudden occurs. If you don't do that, then as you said, that opportunity will slip by you because you won't recognize it. Oh, you won't recognize yeah. it at all. So you're right, I, I and I appreciate you saying that. I did spend a lot of time um, preparing that book. And the thing about it was during law school, I didn't have a lot of time to be selling the idea. So it, it kind of made a nice comfy little home under my bed. I have a drawer under my bed and that's where I kind of lived for, for a couple of years there while I was going to law school because I just didn't have the time to do anything with it. But I would pull it out whenever I would feel really down or I, I needed something to make me feel happy again, good about myself. And I'd pull out that manuscript and, and I'd read it and I'd think, this really is good and I need to do something more with this. So it, that would kind of spur me on. Mm. You needed to reach out to Kyle. That's what was going on. Right? You <laughs> needed your Kyle. And so you would reach into the drawer, pull out the book, and there it is right there. That's, that's the <laughs> that's power true. of our imagination. Now... Uh, it seems like uh, there's somebody either in your corner or against you here, but I hear there's a funny story about your comedian dad dissuading you to be a lawyer as a kid. Well, when I was in the normal age to be in college, when I was in my early 20s, I decided I wanted to go to law school after that. And my parents couldn't afford to put me through college. So I put myself through college. I worked full time. And in those days, I don't really recall student loans being available. So I worked full time. And then I would go to college all day. And, but I knew to go to law school, I was not going to be able to do that. That just would not be practical. 
um, because you have to go into the, you have to go in a traditional law school, you need to spend the day in the library studying mm -hmm. every single day. So you can't really have a full-time job. So I went to my father and I said, dad, you know, I know you and mom weren't able to help me go through college, but I really want to go into law school. If you could just help me, I promise the moment I get a job, I will pay you back. And my dad never, I was his baby. I was the apple of his eye. He never wanted to say no to me, but I knew he had to. I could see it in his eyes. And he said, honey, I have an idea. Why don't you move to Hollywood and continue your career as an actress and play the part of an attorney? <laughs> and he said, and guess what? You could go on a, like a medical show and play the part of a doctor too. And the whole idea was I didn't have to have the education. I could still do what I wanted to do. And it's like, only an entertainer would think that way. <laughs> only an entertainer. Here, honey, so, I, I bought you a, a briefcase here. It's a prop. Go ahead. <laughs> Get yourself going. That's <laughs> not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, so, so obviously dad uh, didn't quite win that battle. Um, well, I mean, it was put on hold from the time I was like 22 years old until I was, you know, my age now or a few years ago. Um, so yeah, it, it unfortunately, I, I, you know, I didn't do it then, which would have been the optimal time to do it. Uh, much younger brain in those days, by the way, uh, <laughs> which <laughs> helps retain that, that dry legal education. Um, but no, I, you know, I, that's why I decided to do that for me. It was something I wanted to do for me because I wanted mm. to do it all my life. So I put myself through school. So how, I, I like to ask this of entrepreneurs. Everybody has a different definition of how they see success. Um, you wrote your story. It's really a piece of your soul. It is the other half of who you are. It's your, it's your best friend. Uh, mm -hmm. and you, you spent a lot of time getting this out there. Now it's out, it's published. Uh, you went back to school, became an attorney, just like you wanted to, you know, how would you define success? Are you there? I, I don't think for me, I will be there until my life is over because I always want to succeed more. I always mm -hmm. want, so I don't think for me, there is an end and I'm at the end. Now, what do I do? I'm always going to continue that journey to become successful, to become more successful. Um, I think my father really kind of, both of my parents defined it well. They taught me the, the most valuable lesson of all, which is do something you love in life. And if you're blessed enough to be paid for it, that's a bonus. Mm. But do something you love in life because life is too short to be miserable every day. So true. So true. And I watched my parents when my when my mom and dad would be on stage performing, I would watch it would it would almost be like they were washed over with more youth. They became almost childlike in their enthusiasm when they were on stage. They just shined. And I love that. I absolutely love that. It didn't matter what age they were at. They were just, they would glow from being able to perform. And that's something I always wanted in my life. That's something I want in my son's life for him. Um, to be able to do something you truly love and be paid, paid for it, that's, that's success. I mean, that's real success. Um, and it doesn't matter if one person sees it as successful or if millions of people see it as successful. It's for you. It really is for you. 
Mm. That's some great advice. I mean, really, it is all about you. There's there's a lot of times uh, I was I actually did it just before the podcast started. I was sitting outside uh, and, you know, I walk outside the sliding door. I'm looking at my view. Then I turn around and there's my reflection. Right. And I look at myself and, you know, I've been contemplating, you know, imposter syndrome the last couple of weeks. You know, am I doing well? Am I is it good enough? It's the end of the year. Did I did I accomplish everything I wanted to accomplish? Uh, and then I look at myself in that reflection. It's almost like you are good. Like you are in a great spot. You're you have a great family, beautiful home, beautiful kids. Like you're good. And but without saying a word, just making eye contact with myself in my own reflection, like an ease almost passes through. And, and I smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Exactly. Yeah. Just, it's, it's, it's it's a feeling, is what it is. It's yes. it's a feeling. Um, you, you can't intellectualize it. It's no. pure feeling. Pure feeling. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I've loved having a chat with you today. I mean, everything from the relationship stuff all the way through, you know, the persevering and congratulations after twenty five years of getting your book out into the public. If people want to know about Kate and Kyle's story, they want to pick it up and get a copy of their own or maybe talk to you, get you on their podcast. How can they do that? Okay. Uh, You can go to my website, which is um, www.antoniagavriel.com. Or you can follow me um, on Facebook and Instagram and at Antonia Gabrielle. Also, remember, it's available online at all the major booksellers, barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, booksamillion.com. So you can get pick up a copy today. And I, I really think it's an easy read. People read it in one or two days or two or three days. Um, and as I said, my or I may not have mentioned my male readers love it just as much as my female readers. As a matter of fact, on my um, book launch team, I had about half and half. I had men and women. And my men read it faster and were so excited about it because they could really relate to Kyle. They really, Hmm. despite his career, they really could relate to him as a human being. And so I I think it's wonderful for both men and women to read. And I I think they would enjoy it very much. I don't know if you can see it. But here's the book. Back to one. There we go. There it is. There it is. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. All right, ladies and gents. Uh, Antonia, thank you very much for being on the program. I got one last question because we we love uh, great testimonials. They're huge power uh, for getting new clients, getting new listeners. Uh, And so we help a lot of clients do video testimonials. So I'm going to ask you, what was your experience like on the Business Bros podcast? This was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I appreciated this so much. A lot of fun, too. A lot of fun. Good. And that's what we like to do. Put a smile (laughs) on your face. Uh, All right. Well, ladies and gents, uh, that's all we got for you guys today. We're taking a whole week off. But in the meantime, uh, I want to ask you guys a favor. It's Thanksgiving. There are people out there who need a little bit of help. Maybe they need professional help. Maybe they need uh, charity stuff. I don't know what it is that you need help with, but if you need help with something, shoot me a DM. Oh, it's on this side at Business Bros Pod. Uh, we're also giving away 10 free vacations courtesy of hotelexcetera.com. 
Uh, and so all you got to do to be entered into that uh, drawing is to simply send me a DM. Let me know what you need help with. We have a huge network of people who've been on the show. And all we're doing is connecting you with the professional who can help you get the job done, whatever it is that you need done. So if you guys need any uh, sort of assistance, shoot me a DM again at Business Bros Pod and you'll be entered to win one of our 10 free vacations from hotelsetc.com. Thank you very much. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys again next week. Antonia, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Later, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csburst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.